Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. everyone wanted to hop on real quick before we get into today's episode and let you know two things from us here at Fasting for Life. One is the holidays are upon us and that means our final seven-day fasting lifestyle challenge is right around the corner. That is right. Thanksgiving is here. Christmas is just in the future and our challenge that starts on December 7th through the 13th is strategically placed to help you not only lose weight during the holidays, but end your 2022 year strong and start 2023 with massive momentum. The second update is that we are running a discounted challenge registration for Black Friday. It ends at Friday at midnight. If you go to the show notes and click the link, you will see that we have three different levels of access. You have a challenge replay, DIY option. We have the challenge registration that is now going live as you hearing this message for the December 7th challenge. And then we have a bundle option as well if you wanna get a head start before that challenge date on December 7th. And if you are ready to rock and roll, then we are here to support you and help you along that journey. So with that being said, go to the show notes, Check it out, thefastingforlife.com forward slash Black Friday. And now, on to today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. Today is the day that we get to talk about hormones. Don't worry. We got a little bit for the women. We got a little bit for the men, and then we've got things that all of us can do to make sure that we are having a healthy journey with our weight loss. And today is going to be focused on balancing some of those key important hormones. And I will just put this out here today, Tommy, that when we first saw this study, we were kind of a little taken aback. It was like, uh uh-oh, hormonal changes from intermittent fasting. It's a review of seven studies that reported intermittent fasting can decrease androgens and increase sex hormone binding protein in women. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Is that a good thing? We'll let you know. And intermittent fasting also appeared to decrease testosterone in men. But the participants lost body weight in every study. And is that important? And is the juice worth the squeeze? So. (laughs) With that introduction, we'll be back to that in just a second. I want to welcome all the new listeners in. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. If you want to learn more about our journey with the fasting lifestyle and how we ended up starting a podcast and doing challenges and having coaching, et cetera, you want to hear our personal story, we'd love to share it with you because that is the first thing that we did on this journey was start talking about fasting. So head back to the first couple of episodes, listen If you want to listen to episode zero and episode one, we'd really appreciate that. And for all of you Mm long-term listeners that tune in week to week, we really appreciate you guys and your encouragement, your feedback, your reviews. Feel free to leave us one. We prefer the five-star kind, of course. Absolutely. Uh, But we love that feedback because then that tells the podcast people in control, whatever that looks like, that technology, that web 
wherever that goes, <laughs> it tells that, that yeah. we're doing something good and adding value to the podcast world. So welcome in new listeners, hashtag OGs, the ones that have been with us for a while, if you know what that means. Appreciate you guys as well. And Tommy, let's hop into the framework for today on hormonal changes from intermittent fasting. So these studies, there were seven that came out of this study summary. And in the past, we've talked about you know intermittent fasting and the benefit on cardiometabolic markers and metabolic syndrome and insulin resistance and weight mm. loss resistance. And because the idea here is that if we're going to adopt a lifestyle and not a diet, right, not using fasting as a diet just to lose the weight, but as an actual lifestyle, then right. what's the purpose? Why are we doing it? Well, we want to increase our health, our quality of life, decrease the needs for medications and surgeries and ending up, you know, just wasting away as our life goes on into the later decades. We want to gain our health, gain our confidence, keep the weight off, be metabolically healthy, right? Right. So the starting point for these seven studies was really cool because it looked at men, women, looked at time-restricted feeding, it looked at 5-2 diet, it looked kind of a quasi-fasting window, right? Calories mm -hmm. early or calories late, which we just did a podcast episode on recently. I think it was episode 151, where we looked at the different times of, of when you consume the food and did it really matter. Mm -hmm. So a few things here, men and women. We're going to start with the women, we're going to go to the men, and then go to the big takeaways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to mention Nutrisense again, because I just signed up for another six months. I had done six months, did some, some guinea pig testing on myself, mm -hmm. and did some caffeine. And the last thing we're going to talk about is sleep out of this this metabolic article that we found and this was yeah. a huge thing that i'm currently working on and the cgm with nutrisense is i know for the next six months is going to be another needle mover because last time i was doing more about the blood sugar response but the amazing thing about nutrisense is it combines cutting edge tech and human expertise right yeah so you can see how your body responds to different food and exercise and stress and sleep in real time so you can pair the CGM, which is the biosensor that you wear. It's a little thing you stick on the back of your arm. It doesn't hurt at all. My mm -hmm. wife was scared to death when she did it. I was like, oh, come <laughs> on. And then she did it. And she's like, wait, that's it? I'm oh, like, yeah. I didn't feel, feel it. Yeah. Did you, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So you get their expert dietitian guidance as well. And NutriSense, I just got an email, Tommy. I even forgot to tell you this. They're going to be mm -hmm. doing expert guidance, a dietitian guidance for the length of your subscription. Ooh, so however nice. long you sign up, it's not just one month now, they're going to be pairing someone with you, which was instrumental for me when I first started years ago using this before it became yeah. more common, because I was like, how do I interpret these results? Like data can be overwhelming, right? So these sure. expert dietitians, they were so helpful, asked about supplements and stress and sleep. And that's why we're going to talk about sleep in just a second. So I highly recommend if you are looking at an individual approach, like, man, I've been doing fasting, I've been I feel like every time I eat this, I feel this way, or my sleep's a mess, or every time I work out, I get more hungry. And some of the stuff we've talked about in the lifestyle diet category, which is the third category that we're going to get into now that I really like because it's that lifestyle adaptation piece. The CGM allows you to see real time on your app in real time. What did I do? What's the result? How am I feeling? Does this make sense? Right? Yeah. So should I do it the, again? Should I do it again? Right? So yeah. the 36 hour fast this time versus next time could be different and you'll have, you'll have a better understanding as to why, and then you'll make better decisions. So the benefits and the outcomes for the NutriSense members is the weight loss, energy, stable energy, better sleep, understanding how their fasting journey, how your fasting journey is different than mine, how we got mm -hmm. results was different. We used the same tools, we just applied them a little differently. So head to the show notes, Nutrisense.io forward slash fasting for life. We've officially partnered with them. Incredible company, great customer support. Yeah. And I can't believe 
Well, you know what I am? I am glad because even I need a coach. We need coaches, right? I've had coaches right. my whole life. So I'm excited sure. now that I get dietitian guidance for the next six months. So I can't wait for the sensor to show up. I can't wait to put it on because now I'm like, all right, now I'm going to be focusing on my sleep. So head to the show notes, nutrisense.io forward slash fasting for life. So I want to give a shout out to Nutrisense. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that we've partnered with them officially. Um, and we just absolutely love the real-time data that Nutrisense is able to give, Tommy. Um, it combines cutting-edge tech and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different food, exercise, stress, and sleep in real time. All of those things, um, which are the real-life day-to-day stuff that can make fasting easier and health goals more obtainable. Mm -hmm. So by pairing the CGM, which is the, the continuous glucose monitor, it's the thing that you wear in the back of the arm. It's completely painless. The application takes just seconds. And then you pair that with the expert dietitian guidance. It can really help you reach your health goals, especially this time of year, beginning of the year, keeping that motivation, regaining that motivation. Um, Nutrisense uh, has really been a game changer for me on my journey because yeah. your blood sugar levels can significantly impact how your body feels and functions. So real-time analysis, right? So you put the thing on, you pair it with your app, you get visuals, you get guidance, you get expert support, you've got the community. Um, and this data in real-time makes it easy, like we're talking about in today's episode, to identify what you're doing well and where there's room for improvement. What are those mm. things that you're doing well day-to-day? that you want to continue to build on. So outcomes that most people will see, well, weight loss, you know, um, easier to stick to your fasting window, stable energy throughout the day, better sleep, uh, how your body responds to certain foods or caffeine, yep. controlling cravings, all yeah, of the things. Less cravings. Right, all of the things that go into a healthy, sustainable fasting lifestyle. So I want to encourage you, head to the show notes, uh, click the link, nutrisense.io forward slash fasting for life. Um, Commit to one of the longer plans uh, because it's going to allow you time to create the habits and the lifestyle that's going to get you the long-term results. Mm -hmm. You'll get 30 bucks off and one month free of dietitian support. So shout out to NutriSense. Excited to continue to use it and be uh, official partners with them because it's been a game changer for us and so many of our clients as well. So Tommy, let's get back into today's episode. Okay. We kind of look at at hormone levels, not that there is like like one single perfect number for any individual. However, when, when we're looking at overall balance, we can tell if we're kind of on the right track, if we're getting more towards a hormonal balance versus we start to see like, you know, issues pop up, symptoms, or maybe even a diagnosis when when certain hormone levels get get too out of whack. And so we want to we want to know if if we're working on, you know, getting the body weight off, let's say. Or, right. you know, using fasting as a tool and as a lifestyle, is that moving us closer in the right direction or farther away, right? That is a perfect simplification because I already felt myself getting a little caught up in all the logistics of the studies, right? Sure. So let's start with this starting point that the biggest converter. So we're going to talk about androgens, sex hormone binding globulin. We're going to talk a little bit about estrogen, PCOS in women. And then we're going to talk about testosterone, which... For you ladies, is also important, especially as you go through mm -hmm. perimenopause into menopause, to be able to maintain a healthy body mass right. or a lean body mass, right? 
which is going to be an indicator of overall health. It's going to decrease your chance of diabetes, yeah. blood sugar related conditions, et cetera, mm -hmm. all of the cardiometabolic issues that I already mentioned. So also just, you know, quality of life, right, how you right. feel as well as bone density and, uh, you know, other yep. important health markers for sure, especially as we age. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. So if we're looking at hormones, right, and we're going to start here with these studies, and it suggested that in women suggested that IF can decrease androgens and increase sex hormone binding globulin. What is that? Well, that's a hormone that transports other hormones to their target tissues. So it's kind of mm. like, it's kind of like a little transporter, right? And this yeah. looked at concentrations in premenopausal women and those with PCOS, okay, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And mm -hmm. in that condition, it's characterized by higher than normal levels of androgens and we and low levels of that binding globulin, right? Right, yeah. So the cool thing here is we saw an increase in the good one, the sex mm -hmm. hormone binding globulin, and we saw a decrease in the androgens that are associated with PCOS, but the fasting yeah. did not appear to influence other reproductive hormones, such as estrogen, gonadotropins, and prolactin, right? Yeah. Which is what we want. We want balance. We want these hunger signals and these hormone levels to balance so our body can function properly. We can lose the weight and keep it off for good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like that's, that's right along with, with what we hear oftentimes with yeah. emails coming to the inbox and other testimonials coming through going, I've been suffering with PCOS for a long time, you know, regardless of how many pounds, you know, an individual had to lose PCOS can, can pop up in healthy weight individuals and overweight and obese individuals as well. Right. But we, we've seen so much balancing and so many really cool, like almost like when they, when they're writing in, it, it feels like a miraculous success story. Like right. I've been trying to have a kid for, for so long, you know, finally got things balanced out, you know, after, after, you know, a lot of intentional fasting and, and, and things like that. Yeah. And, and that, and those, those food choices, all of the things that come along with that, but we are by no means are, are PCOS experts. There's different forms of PCOS. There's different hormonal dominances shown in PCOS. We're just right. talking broad strokes here, right? When you have yeah. low serum binding globulin levels, right? It's a biomarker of abnormal metabolism and directly related to insulin resistance, which is the gatekeeper of burning fat, which makes the more insulin resistance you have, the harder mm -hmm. it is to tap into those fat stores and lose the weight. You can also call it weight loss resistance. You've yeah. got compensatory hyperinsulinemia, right? High levels of insulin again, abnormalities in blood sugar regulation and lipid metabolism, right? So you're gonna see mm -hmm. lipid profiles and cholesterol profiles being off. And the, the binding globulin is also associated with the long-term prognosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome. So when we're looking at this, you know, that's one of the leading causes of infertility in, in childbearing age females. right? And it's characterized by the altered hormonal profile, right? So you're going to have androgen excess and insulin resistance, which is going to lead to the decrease in the ovulation rate and, and the fertility, right? So yeah. the starting point here is the biggest converter of testosterone into estrogen and, and in the body uh, is that body fat component, right? So yeah. when we're talking specifically about PCOS, we really want to make sure that we, we can get the weight off while we're balancing this process as we go, right? So yeah. if you have hypothyroidism, if you have Cushing syndrome, type 2 diabetes, we've already mentioned insulin resistance a few times, mm -hmm. um, or PCOS, then 
that means your sex hormone binding globulin levels are low. Right. Now, it's not the only marker, right? So again, not PCOS experts, but it is one of the key uh, markers that are low in those situations. And, and the takeaway from the study is, well, you're going to see the opposite of that happen, right? Yeah. You're going to see androgens. It's balance. Yes, come down yeah. and binding globulin go up. Yeah, absolutely. And and that that happens, you know, over time as we see the weight come down, right? And the insulin resistance come down. So like that that's part of the balancing equation too. But it's, it's not all one-to-one -one correlated with just the weight. But the cool thing is, that even before the scale has moved substantially, we can still see evidence of that balancing yes. happening. Like yes. in a study like this, that's that's maybe somewhere between four to eight weeks. It's not necessarily going out six months to look right. at a, right. a 30, 40, 50 pound weight loss, you know, before seeing some evidence of balancing happening. So that, that's that's really, really cool and encouraging. Couple more things here before we move on to the testosterone portion is I love the fact that in these three studies in women, it did not appear to influence other reproductive hormones like estrogen, gonadotrophins, and prolactin, which is really great. Now, there was yeah. an interesting thing that came out of one of the studies that said eating more than 50% of your calories at dinner can increase estrogen levels. So if you have an estrogen dominant dominance and you don't want that in your situation, mm -hmm. then you could simply move that time-restricted eating window to the morning and see how you feel for a few weeks, right? Yeah. It's definitely easier to process a lot of food or more of the calories, especially more of the carbohydrate rich ones right, right. earlier in the day, right? right? With less of a compensatory response in the insulin levels that that's all like leading in the right direction too. Yeah. Now, one thing to consider here. So this is a caveat. Hyperthyroidism, pituitary problems or Addison's disease. You're going to want to talk to your healthcare provider because if what this study is showing to be true then if you fast the way that these people fast in these studies, right? So it was time-restricted mm -hmm. feeding. It was like an eight-hour window. There was one person, the small sample, one study on the 5-2 diet, right? So mm -hmm. five days of normal consumption, two days of fasting, and then that 50-50 split in the morning versus the evening. You're probably going to want to be a little bit more considering of a, a more open fasting window or a two-meal-a-day type approach in the beginning mm -hmm. because the... The sex hormone binding globulin levels, if they are high, we don't want to elevate them even more sure. uh, if you have the hyperthyroidism, pituitary problems, or the adsenses. Just yeah. one caveat from that original study. So overall benefit with this takeaway, especially for the PCOS application, is you're going to decrease the androgens or the male sex hormones. You're going to increase the sex hormone binding globulin, which is a positive. So where we started with this conversation, Tommy, was kind of the the aha, the smack in the face from reading the title, right? It's like, all right, well, intermittent fasting decreasing, is that a good thing? Is that a good thing? Yes, check. Okay, good. <laughs> right. So now here's the second part. Intermittent fasting can also appear to decrease testosterone in men, but the participants lost body weight in every study. So mm -hmm. the biggest converter of testosterone into estrogen in the body is body fat, right? Yeah. The increase in adipose tissue is associated with the increase in aromatase that converts the testosterone to the estradiol, and that leads to diminished testosterone levels. And then here's the kicker, as if that wasn't bad enough, the kicker is that leads to preferential deposition of visceral body fat, the enemy, the key marker for all of the negative health outcomes that we want to avoid yeah. and we yeah. want to reverse, right? So, so literally we're having this, this conversion from testosterone into estrogen and higher deposition of visceral body fat. 
terrible places. Yeah. We need yeah, to and it. as the total body fat mass increases, hormone resistance develops, right? So never mind insulin yep. resistance, but you also got the leptin resistance, right? Telling your body whether you're no hunger, whether you're full, right? It's like, yeah. uh, okay. So now we've got some some uh, imbalance, right? And we want to obviously work towards Huge. balance. So yeah. one other study that we want to mention here before we totally unpack the testosterone piece, because you found some interesting things in the studies and the, the demographics of the men that were studied. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're going to give you some things you can do to boost testosterone naturally. and also incorporate into your fasting journey that can apply to both men and women. But there was a study that showed the androgen deficiency in men and androgen excess in women are directly associated with that metabolic syndrome and the type two diabetes. So again, what's the biggest needle mover here? Get the weight off. Right. <laughs> Where does fasting come into play? Well, it is the easiest way to get into a caloric restriction and the best way mm -hmm. that we found to create simplicity and balance and confidence and, you know, get the scale moving even when, right. you know, you, maybe you've been stuck or you've been at a plateau or you've lost the weight and it's come back. Well, yeah. in that situation, you haven't truly adopted the fasting lifestyle. You've probably been using it more like a diet, which I've done in the mm -hmm. past. When I did keto sure. and in, an IF, I was mm -hmm. using it to lose weight. I wasn't yeah. using it to the full fasting potential. So, so where, where, where you got to the, the finish finish line. And then right. you said, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm done with here, you. I don't need you. I don't need you anymore. Right. I got, I had the tool that, that worked yep. now. I'm now I'm done. Right. Yep. And if you guys are looking for some of these studies, they'll all be in the show notes as well. There's gonna be a lot of them for this one. So they will all be there if you're looking for one that we specifically mentioned. Hmm. So Tommy, let's unpack this testosterone thing a little bit, right? So yeah, we don't want decreased testosterone. <laughs> sure. Okay. We want lean body Agreed. mass. We want yeah. lean body tissue. Okay. The study shows that there was a decrease, right? One of them was 1%. And then what other mm -hmm. interesting things did you find? Yeah, there, there, was, there was one that was as high as 27% decrease uh -huh. in testosterone. But before you, you know, throw intermittent fasting out the window, it's good to note that that was in an average of 19-year-old males trained for elite cycling, okay? so Oh, it, so it, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, for 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 mere mortals, it's it's not necessarily applicable because right. that that individual group did have, you know, higher levels of testosterone than than you or I probably have right now. So, elite cyclists, also resistance trained men, several of these studies were using very lean individuals. They weren't looking to lose any body fat. They probably didn't have much to lose to begin with. So it's an important consideration because the variability there doesn't necessarily translate to, to real life for us mere mortals, but it can be kind of one of those, you know, just, just kind of a headline. It can get headline attraction, you know, intermittent fasting right. shown to, to decrease testosterone, you know, that kind of thing. So important to, to understand, you know, some of the specifics there for the patient populations. Yeah. So all four studies, young, lean, and physically active. That wasn't me when I was 50 pounds overweight and insulin resistant and feeling yeah. stuck. Okay. Right. And the cool thing is all of these studies, regardless, did not change the sex hormone binding globulin or muscle mass or strength in men. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't change your muscle mass. It didn't change your strength and it didn't mess with your SHBG. Mm -hmm. And they all lost weight. Nice. So <laughs> the biggest converter of testosterone into estrogen is body fat. We need to get the weight off, right? So yeah. interesting you said that one of them showed a 26% and that was in that small demographic of like super elite military cyclists, right? So right. 
I know I took a little liberty there, but <laughs> a couple of things we're going to talk about here, first of all, is walking. So is walking part of your fasting slash health slash weight loss journey? We talk a lot about how powerful walking is, mm -hmm. right? Postprandial, post meal, in blunting the blood sugar spike and allowing your body to process and allow your insulin to work, excuse me, more efficiently, mm -hmm. right? So there was a cool study specifically for the men to show that good old fashioned walking, association of daily step count and serum testosterone among men in the United States. This came on January in 2021. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this is, uh, Journal of the Endocrine uh, Journal, right? So okay. men who walked 8,000 steps per day have significantly lower odds of having low testosterone compared to men who just walk 4,000 steps per day. Mm, nice. So it wasn't powered to detect the direction of causality, i.e. like meaning does walking increase testosterone or do men with higher testosterone simply walk more? Sure. But the work in this study supports that association between daily step count and testosterone levels and the risk of hypogonadism, meaning that low testosterone level or decrease mm -hmm. in androgens. So mm -hmm. we've been saying this for a while. Walking is like you don't need to be running and, and lifting weights seven days a week and doing all these high intense work. We need to simplify this for long term sustainability. I mean, I'm going to take a liberty here and say, yeah, it's probably going to work for women, too. <laughs> Right. right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tommy. So during your seven day fast, I want to give a shout out to NutriSense here. We mentioned your CGM a couple of times. Uh, we mentioned NutriSense, um, mm -hmm. but I know you were tracking it, looking at some of the real time metrics, which is why we've partnered with NutriSense. Um, and so I'm going to ask you for your biggest, you know, for one or two of the biggest takeaways while, while using NutriSense during your, your seven-day fast. Mm -hmm. um, and first of all, for all the new listeners, NutriSense, the reason we partner with them is because they combine cutting-edge technology and human expertise so you can see how your body responds to different food, exercise, stress, and sleep in real time, right? Yeah. So by pairing the CGM with the app and the expert dietitian guidance, it can help you reach your long-term health goals. So the CGM is the biosensor. It's the thing you wear on the back of your arm, completely mm -hmm. painless. Um, and then their incredible app, you scan it, boom. And in real time, you can analyze your glucose levels and the responses to all those things I just mentioned, right? So it tracks right. your levels. Each device lasts for 14 days. You can scan it, visualize it, log it, run experiments, which is pretty much your entire seven-day fast. Right. And then you can ask really cool questions to, your, to the dietitian guidance as well. Um, and seeing the data in real time makes it easy to identify what you're doing well and where there's room for improvement. So we see weight loss, stable mm -hmm. energy, better sleep, understanding of which foods are good for them. So you'll hear some of this stuff later in the pod in this episode in some of those things that you noticed, right? Some of those changes yeah. that you noticed. Um, so head to the show notes, click the link, Nutrisense.io forward slash fasting for life. You get 30 bucks off and one month free dietitian support. Uh, I would encourage y'all to choose one of the six or 12 month subscriptions because it's going to allow you to really dial it in. Tommy's an expert mm -hmm. at this point, but what's the <laughs> one biggest takeaway that you saw uh, with your readings during this experiment? Um, well, one thing that I saw was that the, the tightening up of the range as I got deeper and deeper into the fast, ketones started to rise, blood sugar stayed within a, a, a very tight range. And the, the cool thing there was that I had visuals all throughout the day. 
So I'm, I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm scanning it every couple of hours and then taking a look at the graph and then I'm, I'm going back to the previous day to see how it compares. All of those visuals like burn into my mind, you know? So now after coming off of the, the seven day fast and even like when I broke it, I, I didn't want to throw everything all, all crazy. I didn't want everything to all, you know, just ex expand and take forever to kind of come down with this big glucose spike. So that makes me want to make more good food choices, even after coming off of there, when I haven't made a food choice in, you know, a, a week now. So it's like, yes, everything sounds good. And there's plenty of opportunities and different foods around that I could have chosen. But making good food choices was like, like the number one thing on my mind at that point, because I wanted to see how I was going to respond yep. then after the seven day fast. So what I heard there is built in accountability and intentionality. Yep. And that's yep. what I absolutely love about NutriSense. Head to the show notes, click the link, grab the code, get the free month dietitian support. Yeah, it's just part of that part of that balance. Also part of peeling back some of those layers of the insulin resistance and getting things, you know, back to where they need to be. I mean, and the, the cool thing is we don't have to do a whole lot to see these like these little increases, these little protective mechanisms, like like yep. 30 minutes, 30 minutes of weight training is, you know, a, a temporary boost in testosterone levels up to 20%. But after a few weeks of doing that, that that becomes sustained, where you have higher baseline levels for multiple weeks afterwards. So, you know, the, the fact that there are there are little things that we can do and that we should understand that a sedentary lifestyle a, a completely sedentary lifestyle is definitely associated with lower testosterone levels right and as the body weight the the body fat percentage comes up then that correlation just gets stronger and stronger with lower levels of testosterone with more excess body weight because you have that aromatization that testosterone converting into estrogen it's like the body's trying to trying to fight an uphill battle at that point. So a little bit of, of change in, in habits goes a long way to to start to correct that for sure. Yeah. So we'd say, you know, get your steps in. Right. And this is a little different take than we had when we told you about where the actual back in the day when we did the, the uh, 10,000 steps to nowhere, 10,000 steps to nowhere episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, 10,000 not needed. Right. 8,000. Good. Let's shoot for that. Okay. Consistency sure. over time. But mm -hmm. you know, that whole thing, it came out of a, a marketing campaign. I believe it was in Japan, if I'm stoking yeah. my memory, right. Yeah. Where <laughs> it was just like a number they picked and all of a sudden it got adopted. And now everybody's like, Oh, I need to get my 10,000 steps in. Right. Sure. Yeah. Interestingly <laughs> enough, there's another study that either we've done an episode or we're going to do it on. So appreciate some grace here. I can't remember after 150 mm -hmm. of them. Luckily we have a good <laughs> index system. It's like, oh wait, right. let's search this. Okay, we haven't talked about this this research article yet. All right. Yeah. So in this meta-analysis, a daily step count of seven to nine thousand was associated with the lowest risk of all cause mortality. So nice. what's between seven and nine? Eight. Yep. I love it. Okay. And the number of steps that maximally reduced all cause mortality was different in different subgroups, but that range is what got you the best results. So mm -hmm. we're worried about the starting point for today. Yep. Oh my God, decreased testosterone. Okay, well, let's look a little bit closer. What's the quickest way that testosterone gets converted into estrogen? Well, that's by the body fat. How do we yeah. decrease the insulin response? How do we increase our testosterone? Well, simply by adding in walking, okay? 8,000 mm -hmm. steps post-meal is the best way to help blunt that blood sugar spike as well. Yeah. But let's get you out of the kitchen too. Yeah, it gets you out of the yeah, it gets you out of the the revolving pantry door, right? Yeah, helps you set that timer and get the heck out of the kitchen, right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> a few other things you can do, Tommy. Let's just maximize some testosterone levels to make sure mm -hmm. that you are, you know, simple things yeah. you can do. We're not talking about like yeah. massive lifestyle overhauls here. Direct sunlight. 
mm-hmm. two to three times per week can increase testosterone by 69%. Okay. 30 minutes, nice. two to three times a week. Okay, not, simple. not bad. Simple. Oh, wait, yeah. I'm walking. Great. Right. Get outside. You already mentioned this, resistance training. Mm-hmm. Never mind the additional benefits of sunlight on sleep, right? Which is of huge. Course. Yeah. Resistance training, right? You had mentioned that. One 30-minute session can increase T levels by 20, almost 22%. Mm-hmm. And that's three times a week. After four weeks, those levels were maintained. It's awesome. Yeah. You don't have to be a gym rat. You don't have to be no. there every single day. You don't have to be no. there for an hour and a half, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Avoid the refined sugars, right? Consuming refined sugars can reduce testosterone by 25%. Yeah. Make sure you're getting seven hours of sleep, right? So yeah. less than seven hours of sleep have shown to decrease those testosterone levels considerably. Alcohol, again, that's going to re- reduce testosterone synthesis. Yeah. So making sure Lead that we're to compart- sleep disturbances. So sleep disturbances. Yeah, connection yeah. points here, right? Yep. And then a few dietary things that we can do here is eat more healthy fats. Absolutely. Reduce the processed carbs. And you can also increase your zinc intake. So either through foods mm-hmm. or through supplementation. Again, though, this is all stuff that's part of adopting a lifestyle that's going to lead to sustainability, right? Yeah. Yeah. Also, not being completely restricted from carbohydrates either. Yeah. That's not yeah. necessarily a, a good thing. And because if if the body can't find the right, the right substrate, the right, like, you know, chemicals, the right bonds, the right atoms that it needs to produce, you know, like a, like a complex hormone molecule, right. then, then things all of a sudden they, they start to drop because it, it doesn't have the, the required things to, to actually do that. So, so not being overly restricted, especially on the carbohydrate side means that we can reduce some of the, the stress on the HPA axis, which yep. could also lead to sleep disturbances and, and things yep. like that. So, so again, like a, a matter of the, the balance points, the larger balance points that, that lead to improvements over time. Yeah. And just a couple last talking points here. So if you're thinking like, well, I don't even know where to start, right? Okay. Just start with walking. Or if you're already working out, like a simple way to look at just a basic workout. I mean, first of all, go to YouTube, right? Cause Mm -hmm. there's, that's just a plethora of, I mean, there's more just your age, your demographic, what you're looking to do. Boom. Right. 30 minutes, three, three times a week. That's it. Right. Yeah. A little five minute warm up, a couple of compound exercises, some resistance bands, a couple of free weights, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, some, some core work, maybe a light walk or stretch and then a cool down and you're done within 30 minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I would say to kind of wrap up today's conversation, Tommy would be just make sure that we're also focusing, we mentioned fats, but also you're focusing on that consumption of quality protein too. So just make sure you're getting in your protein sources, focus on the protein and the fat, keep the refined processed carbs low, and then also make sure that you are getting, you're not totally restricting and just hating your life when it comes to mealtime. Because right. you can you can do the fast, but it's what happens during that nutrition opportunity that really matters too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's what's going to make it make it or break it for the sustainability portion as well. Because what what I took away from from this conversation today is that you know overall to get to get moving in the right direction, we're we're going to need to get the dang weight off. Like you, you know, you're going to yeah. hear us always say that, right? But in order to do that, I need to find the things that are working. So do more yep. of the things that are working starting with the fast and then what do I do whenever I break my fast as well? So, you know, keeping consistently in it to win it and keep doing what's actually moving the needle and getting the weight off means that's leading to the testosterone, the estrogen balance, 
the insulin resistance coming down. And yep. overall, I'm, I'm building habits that I'll be able to use to actually sustain for the long term rather than treating this like a diet, right? 1000%, 1000%. And that's actually why we created the community group that we have on Facebook, right? So mm -hmm. a couple of things that you can do coming out of today's conversation. If you're new and you're feeling like, oh, what do I do now? Okay, two things. One, you can go to the show notes. You can go and find the Fasting for Life community link. So this is a Facebook group that we've created where it is all listeners of the show. And it is a really cool environment because I've been in all the other environments out there, right? The intermittent mm -hmm. fasting for men groups and the other ones. And there's a lot of sideways energy in those groups sometimes. And we wanted to create an environment yeah. where we can talk all things fasting and being an encouraging, uplifting, no silly questions. Like it is yeah. a supportive place. So if you're new, come find us. Uh, and the second thing you can do is download the fast start guide at thefastingforlife.com or thefastingforlife.com. You can go to the resources tab and it's a fast start guide on how to put one meal a day fasting. If you've been doing intermittent fasting, hasn't been working, you want to get back on track, you want to up your fasting game, that resource is there for you. It comes with a group of videos or a little mini masterclass that we recorded walking you through in three or four minutes of each one of those six simple steps. And then the last thing I will mention, Tommy, is the last challenge of the year is coming up on yeah. December 7th. We we promised you eight this year, okay? Yep. We yep. had a ton of people <laughs> that missed it or didn't take action due to due to Thanksgiving, due to November, yep. due to Halloween, because we ran it over the end of October into November, right? Yeah. So we have the last one of the year, and we got some big changes coming up for 2023. I can't believe that just came out of my mouth. So go to the show notes, <laughs> click the link. More information on the challenge, the last challenge of 2022, December 7th. It'll bring you to the registration page. It has all the information on what we do, frequently asked questions, et cetera. Come find the community group if you want some more support on your fasting journey, Tommy. And I think that's all I got for today, sir. Yeah, I, I just it's going to be an awesome end of the year. So so be thinking about how you want to end this year right yes. now, because how 2023 is going to go is is being baked in now. right now, for sure. Now. Right yep. now. So you want to break through a plateau. You want to, you know, make the habit stick, like come with us. It's going to be a cool challenge. And, yep. you know, just just keep keep finding the things that that help you do better and stay more consistently so you can keep winning over time. So make it a great year. Love it. Appreciate you, sir. We'll talk soon. Cool. Thanks. See you. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day -day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.